0: Well, college football's having a day. Welcome to Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, August 10th, and I'm Blair Kirchhoff. Star columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger join me to talk college football. Not the prospects for the local teams or the preseason top 25, but whether or not there will be a college football season. Most of the summer, that didn't seem like a question. Today, well, the vibes tell us the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are leaning toward opting out of a fall season. One report from the Detroit Free Press has uh, the, the Big Ten already making the call not to play and just hasn't announced it. Where would this leave the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC? Sam Vahe and I talk about it. Here we go. Okay, so I don't know about your guys' um, memories of big moments in college football, but um, you know, I, I, realignment was an interesting time. Vahe, you and I remember that well. Sam, you were just started being a columnist, I remember, during the realignment wars yeah. about a decade ago. And I can remember the Supreme Court decision in 1984 that deregulated college football on television. And, you know, there have been some kind of pivot points for the sport. But today, um, and maybe in the next couple of days, we're going to reach another one. And so, just to kind of update we're recording this about two o'clock central time on on monday and what we know is major conferences are struggling with the idea of having a college football season in our pandemic world and it appears that the big 10 and the pac-12 are leaning toward not having a season the sec and the acc might be leaning toward wanting to play this year, and the Big Twelve sort of on the fence. Where the Big Twelve tends to be in a lot of issues.
1: But. I mean, it's just I love that the Big 12's on the fence. I'd be so disappointed if it was any other way.
0: Well, we're in the middle of the country, right? We're the middleman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just begging for somebody to tell them what to do. Just, <laughs> Just taking the temperature, so to speak. Yeah, right. Yeah. Consensus builders, right?
0: <laughs> so, look, I mean, go back to you know, we go back to March on the day that, that we found you know that, that sports stopped, and ever since then, it's been a re- you know, we've been in a you know you know restarting phase in the last anyway last few weeks, right, or last couple of months. But this is a. What a loss this would be in many ways if if we don't have major college football this year. What what is your gut kind of telling you guys right now about whether there's going to be a season or not?
2: Well, well, I'll, I'll just ch- oh,
1: go ahead, Sam. Well, I, the, the SEC, you're going to have to take a college football season out of the SEC's cold, dead hands. That's my suspicion. I mean, I, I don't know if they're, if if they would go so far down the line of like, well, would it be a real national champion? And that's what we really want. So maybe we'll wait to the spring or whatever. Um, I'm hopeful and and the the, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Big Ten and Pac-12, I've seen it reported both ways, but officially they're postponing, right? Like they're not saying we're not going to play at all. They're saying we'll we'll try in the spring.
0: The league hasn't said anything yet. It's uh, What we know is and what we've got posted right now is the Detroit Free Press reporting around – I don't know about 11:30 this morning that the Big Ten voted not to have a football season. They've run with that. It hasn't been supported yet, um, and, and the Big Ten has a meeting tonight. I think that there'll be a, an announcement by the conference either tonight or tomorrow. I think that they're gonna. Uh, I think they're going to not have. A, a, a football season or fall sports, and that's the way I've been saying it. Shut down fall sports because, yeah, you're right, Sam. I think they would leave the door open for a spring season. Ah, uh, spring in Ann Arbor, um, yeah. <laughs> and others. Uh, you know, a season that might start in late February, early, early March, and go into May. Uh, yeah. All sorts of complications with that, but.
1: Sure. I, I, I've thought, um, and this isn't like an original thought that only I've had, but that this virus, like it, it is, you know, college football is sort of uniquely positioned to be exploited by this because there's no central power. There's no central authority. You don't have, you know, say what you will about Rob Manfred or Roger Cadell, right? But it, at least there's somebody sort of in charge that can um, set best practices and the protocols required and all that. And college football just doesn't have that and you know there's a million reasons there's billions (laughs) of reasons why for (laughs) Uh that right but uh, you know that's being exploited right now um, because it's just it's a disjointed deal and you know sort of one of the crazy consequences of this might end up being that not only did they lose a season hopefully just pushed back but lose a fall season. Um, but now the players are starting to mobilize a little bit, and there may be some consequences that that are even better, and or I shouldn't say better, but bigger, I should say, uh, and, and more la- long-lasting.
2: Hey, yeah, this is, sort of has nothing to do with anything, but I, Blair, something you said made me think I'd, I'd really be interested in seeing the SEC just decide that it's going to be the only conference that plays and just declare its champion, the the, the national champion, and, which wouldn't be far from how it would play out anyway. Sure. Uh, would, would the SEC even notice if there weren't other schools playing? <laughs> it's, but it's, you know, one thing I'm reminded of, and I, I think our, our dear friend and uh, former star writer uh, Dennis Dodd pointed this out some weeks ago when the Ivy League decided to push back, um, You know that was that's been a good month at least uh maybe two months since the ivy league made that decision and his point when he brought that up was that the ivy league was the first uh basketball conference to to say yeah this isn't going to work out um and at the time i think widely sort of i don't know if disparage is the right word but criticized as well like they're really overdoing it and it looks like maybe they they had a little sense of uh being out in front again um the only other point I'd add to this this plank of the conversation is what this feels like to me right now is a much slower motion version of what we felt in those first three, four days when it became apparent what was going on. Um, we've been over this probably many times even on the podcast, but that Wednesday night, the NBA, and then, then it just was this abrupt you know, cave-in kind of, again, led by sports sort of to... to to where the rest of the world followed, um, in shutting things down. This has just felt like a slower, but still inevitable kind of version of that. Like that it, I I'd be stunned if probably even before this is fully, fully done, we don't see some more tangible steps. And really, I, I, I think by the end of the week, we'll, we'll, we'll really know really, if not by the end of the day,
0: you know, uh, a couple things. Uh, to the SEC point, I wouldn't be shocked if they played a fall schedule and a spring schedule, you know?
2: They'll <laughs> 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 <have, laughs> play three seasons in a year's time.
0: <laughs> it just means more. Uh, so um, the other thing, you're right, Sam, about no central authority. It was uh, The first time I really understood that or realized that was, the week of nine eleven, th- that happened on a Tuesday in, in course, in, in two thousand and one, and conferences were bickering among each other about whether to play games that weekend or not. And the SEC was the last one to sort of join in the, um, uh, the, 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 in that decision. And it was a, um, and, and they, they did so kicking and screaming. They wanted to play games that weekend. The thing I wonder about, even if there was a commissioner of college football. I've been following this on Twitter and other social medias for, uh, you know, for as long as it's been going on. And there is a strong contrast between the feelings of people in uh, the South, in the SEC, and in the Northeast, in the Pacific Coast. And I'm not sure you could get everybody on the same page, even with a central authority uh, on this. Scott Frost, you know, the Nebraska coach, you know, he just either is wrapping up or has just completed a uh, his press conference, and he says, "Hey, if the Big Ten doesn't want to play. We want to play, and maybe we'll look somewhere else, play an independent schedule, or something." So, um, uh, yeah, there is no central authority in college football, no commissioner, and and now we're um, uh, we're we're seeing the consequences uh, of that. Um, what what about? Um, what, what about where the players stand on this? I I found that a fascinating development over the weekend to see the 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 ideas of Trevor Lawrence of um, Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, Charlie Brewer, the Baylor quarterback. A lot of players have come out and just with the hashtag we want to play, which is something I saw the NFL do about a month or so ago. Right, the we want to play hashtag. Yeah,
2: the that, Trevor I, Lawrence I, thing. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Uh, well, uh, what. Yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. That was modeled. I feel
1: like after major league baseball, weren't they the first to yeah. uh, tell us when and where and whatever. And th- that's a powerful message uh, because it is easy for, for fans to not necessarily college players. Right. But like greedy athletes, um, you know, just be happy with what you get. And and when the, those same athletes come out and say, we want to play, like just, you know, let us do it. It's, it's a whole different message. And it was also interesting that, that, uh, you know, the graphic that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and, and some other players sent out. Kind of a little a little hidden hidden bomb in like the fourth or fifth bullet point where like also we want to play with the union. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like that's a that's a that's a different deal. But uh I mean players have always wanted to play, right? Not all of them. We've seen, um last number I saw was thirty one that have opted out. But I think the vast majority of players want to play and
2: you know, of course, and they should. Well, I think that the, you identified the, the, the really important asterisk in this thing, which I think makes it so. you Even Trevor Lawrence's statement that he sent out, or speaking for others, is a little bit uh, something that could be taken either way, right? Yeah, they want to play, but there's conditions to how they want to play. Mm-hmm. There's, and not just the idea of unionizing, even, but you know, to me anyway, there's a little vagueness in his full message, like. We, we want to play but only if this is safe is sort of how I took it and yeah. I, I, maybe I'm hearing that part of it more than I should be but, but I think it's, um, it's, it's interesting to me that even a guy like that who's come out and said we want to play is not just saying we want to play yeah and, and again I mean it just I'm, I hate to like go back to the
1: same point but uh, it, it is just shining through about the lack of a central power of, you know, like, we want to be safe. Well, what is safe? Like, safe is different to, and I'm, I'm just picking schools at random here, but what's safe, what the people at Clemson think is safe may be different than what the people at Ohio State think is safe, which may be different than what the people at Iowa State think is safe. You know, it's just, there's there's no, you know, sort of uniform protocols about testing, about masking, about distancing, about tracing, about any of that stuff. And it really is a failure of leadership here because um every other sport's playing right um you know the, the nfl has given it a go major league baseball you know ML, like we've seen that sports can happen um at least so far and and i think that for college football at least some of these conferences did not not even be able to get up off the ground it's just it's a very stark you know just a, a humongous example of failed
2: leadership Quick, quick aside. Just uh, you used the word "safe" a second ago, and we've we've all had occasion recently to talk to different epidemiologists or people involved in uh, um, you know infectious diseases. And one I spoke with, uh, Dr. William Schaffner. I always want to say Schaffner, uh, but from uh, Vanderbilt, he started to use the word "safe" when I was talking to him about you know there, and he actually just stopped. And said I can't use that word anymore. It's a four letter word. I mean, unless there's nobody should be thinking anything is safe unless you just don't go anywhere yeah um, anyway just just a silly quick aside there
0: you know you know um, one other thing that Trevor Lawrence said in his uh, his thread was he, he believes and I, I, I'm, I'm sure I agree with him that a lot of college football players would be better off on campus than at home and the access to testing and medical care and just in a safer environment, you know, in a what what would amount to a college football bubble, you know, in their, you know, on campus, then they would be you know, in their home if they're if they're taking classes online or basically without the the, the structure uh, the daily structure of a college sports season. Uh, and do, do you support that idea?
1: Well, I, I guys- think it is sorry, just real quick, but I, I think it makes logical sense what he said. I don't know that there's data that backs that up. Right? Like, how could there be? Uh, but it makes logical sense what he says. What I cannot imagine not being true is that players and, and coaches and staff um, are going to be more incentivized. They're going to be more likely to be careful if they have football than they are. If they're not, they, they, they've got more to lose at that point. And I, I, that's an interesting point that maybe I hadn't thought of until the last few days.
2: I, I, I'd only add this just that, that, you know, we've seen the difference between the, the bubble life at the pro level and the non bubble life at the pro level. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would assume unless I'm missing part of this equation that the variables in the, the non bubble life at, on a college campus are going to be immensely, you know, vastly more and uh, more tempting for younger people that aren't professionals. And so I, I, I don't, I don't know where that part of the formula fits into this. Um, as you think about, as people are weighing whether or not to do this, to even try to proceed, how much of it is based on, you know, in a way the simple math of what that, that issue is going to pose in this?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, so a more likely a chance of a Cardinals or a Marlins situation happening in college football than, than maybe the NFL.
2: It would yeah. seem, right? I mean, you're just it, it, to use the word Sam used earlier. I think, I mean, I, incentivized is just a totally different thing for uh, an NFL person, right? I mean, it's their whole life. It's college. You know, you're still trying to figure out what your life is, even if you think football is going to be it. I still think you probably succumb to other things a little more readily, just because you do, because you're 19 or 20 years old and you're invincible, and it won't happen to you. Yeah, there's like some optics here about,
1: um, you know, if students are on campus, what that means or should mean for a college football team. Um, But I wonder if there's some way to create a bubble-ish situation um, for a college football team that, you know, in a lot of ways, other than when they're in class, uh, those programs can operate much like a bubble, you know, they're, they have these big facilities they're all together i just i I don't know i mean i I literally i just don't know the answer to this but i wonder if if it's possible to create something sort of like that
2: well it's interesting to me sam that you say that because i i think there probably are ways but i've not heard and maybe i'm missing an entire level of discussion on this but i've not heard any real discussion about that on in a campus setting i I mean yeah you know i I just haven't and you would have thought that that would have been the nature of that kind of idea would have been to be planned and discussed and vetted and even maybe publicly bandied about by now. But, I, but I, I've heard nothing at all about ways to really examine the, sort of the semi-bubble or whatever you call it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's
1: like, I, I think we all in in everything, we want like easy answers. We want the answer to be left or right, yes or no or whatever. And And that just doesn't exist at all with this virus and it never has as much as a lot of us, you know, want to think the opposite but um, the thing I keep, there are compelling reasons for college football to play and there are compelling reasons for college football to at least postpone to the spring uh, but one situation that the more I think about it makes the most sense is for schools and um, and, and athletes to be able to opt in or out as they see fit on, on their own, their, their decisions but then for the decision on whether and when to pull the plug, to not be up to the athletic director, not be up to the coach, not be up to the university president even, but a local, you know, sort of independent health expert that can make up a, a, a clean, sober, you know, sort of decision on that. And if we could get to that, and, and this is another thing by, that I don't think I've heard any like any discussion of, but if we could get to that, I think some people could, you know, be swayed that, okay, let's give it a shot. Yeah, All right,
0: great let's point. T- Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCoffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Sam Melinger and Vahe Gregorian. We're talking college football and and uh, where things stand. You know, the talk of the bubble got me thinking. Uh, you know, it, difficult to do college football or any kind of football in a bubble uh, w- when it comes to just like we've seen in in the NBA, NHL, Major League Soccer, but not impossible when you think about it for college basketball. When <laughs> you know, one of the it's, it occurs to me that if if kids are going to be, you know, going to class online anyway, what, where does it matter where they, uh, you know, where where, where they, where their computer is set up, right? Could it be in a hotel in Kansas City where big 12 basketball teams are in a hotel, you know, in several hotels here and using the new T-Mobile Center as, you know, as as a, uh, you know, as a bubble or, you know, and then maybe have those set up around the country. Is that a, you know, is, is that something that could happen? Make sense? Is there enough money in basketball to make that happen?
1: The NCAA tournament's got a lot of money. It does. It. Uh, you know, so if that's the runway to make an NCAA tournament happen, then yeah, I think
2: there'd be enough money. How, this is a, a really interesting question. I haven't thought about it all yet, but it, it would the NCAA tournament payout be the same in a in a fractured season? In other words, if if just had a six weeks of basketball to set up the NCAA tournament with the with the TV payout still be the same. I mean, if it's not quite the, the run up to a NCAA tournament that it normally would be, I suppose it would be the same, right? Wouldn't it? I mean, that'd be my assumption, but I, I
1: don't know. That's just a guess.
2: I don't know anything about the what happened to the non payouts last year, for that matter. By the way, I, I guess there were no payouts where no games played.
0: Well, one thing that did happen, and I read this this weekend, it was a really good story by uh, McCann. Remember the uh, the 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 attorney who, sports attorney. um, He listed uh, some of the championship events that took out basically coronavirus insurance before the before sports stopped, and the NCAA tournament was one of them. So the NCAA tournament actually collected close to three hundred million dollars from. Uh, from an insurance company. Wimbledon was another, um, you know, they were smart enough to do that. Uh, the Big East did that, so their basketball tournament was um, was covered. So I think it would be very difficult now <laughs> to uh, to take out an insurance policy against the virus, but uh, the NCAA tournament was smart, I don't, and I don't know if that was for just one year or, or what. So, uh,
2: so I wonder how the payout, like, did schools... Did that get distributed?
0: Well, one thing we know is, you know, during spring meetings, the virtual spring meetings this year, the, the conferences paid their schools about the same as they received last year. Now look, it, just take the Big 12 for instance, there was no Big 12 tournament after the first day, the first couple games, so there was some lost revenue there, but um, they, they they were pretty happy with the payout. Now. 2020 and 2020 2021 is going to be a different story than 1920 and if there is no college football for um, you know for the fall or the spring if there's no revenue coming in from ESPN or Fox or the networks for college football that's a much much different financial story for for college sports and for the you know even even at the major level where um, there, there's not going there wouldn't be any ticket revenue anyway. And now, no TV revenue. I mean, we're we're talking massive losses here. And um, and and how you know how schools are going to survive that? I, I, I just don't know. So so I was thinking too, guys. Um, you know, here we are. We're on the cusp of maybe there not being a college football season. College football teams have been on campus since June. They remember there was there was a lot of fanfare about them coming back to campus. They've been there. For two months, for a couple of months. And a lot, and some of the schools had issues when they came back. The, You know, the the, 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 the high number of tests. Kansas State had that issue. Uh, LSU, member had a problem. A couple other sk- prominent Clemson. football. Clemson had a big problem, right? Um, but they seemed to work it out. They, they adjusted to that. Um, I, I guess it will take some reporting here, but something certainly has changed. Uh, maybe just the, you know, the way that the virus is... You know the way that the country has reacted to the virus in those two months. You know, in June and July, now we're a week or so into August. That has that's changed the equation apparently for for college football.
1: Yeah, now I, I think that um, not to continue on the failed leadership theme here, but um, <laughs> I think what's happening in some ways is an example of like that the virus can't be. I don't know what the right word managed or it can be dealt with in a way if if people take these precautions and you know they're doing an mls zero positive tests in the last month or so nba same deal nhl same deal uh you know a lot of these college football programs i think k-state um would be a good example uh they get a lot of positive tests in the beginning but then once you're okay so those people have to quarantine and uh, and then once they've you know, the the virus is passed or whatever, then they can rejoin the bigger group. And as long as you keep that group together and don't introduce, you know, outside forces or whatever, it can, you can you can move forward. And I think that sports are actually showing that life can happen with this thing. But you've got to be damn careful in the world outside of sports you know, or the country outside of sports in particular showing what happens when you're not damn careful or, or, or more specifically when it, some people are not damn careful. There's a lot of people that are, and there's a lot of people that aren't. And you know, when there's
2: a lot of people that aren't, <laughs> it doesn't matter as much about the people that are. Well, the, the only thing I'd really add to that is that we're reminded constantly. That all it takes is it's all about your link in the chain, one link in the chain. And yeah. that's, that's all it takes. So it, your odds are greatly enhanced if every link in the chain is behaving responsibly, right, and greatly diminished if one or two aren't. And it's pretty simplistic, but I, I think we've seen certain environments where, whether it's peer pressure or, or actual bubble built, um, you know, where it's taken seriously enough at, at enough levels that the variables are greatly reduced. Mm-hmm.
0: Are we surprised that uh – Politicos have weighed in on uh, on the news today <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, not considering the fact that politicos have created this situation in some ways right it, it became a political animal right away right especially with the declaration early that the president of the United States was calling it a hoax um, which to me is something I don't uh, I'll, I'll never be able to get past in, in the initial uh, dealing with this whole thing, right? Where it all might've been treated differently. That was the message from the top of the country. And it's been a resoundingly incoherent message ever since. And um, there's to me simply no doubt that that's been a big factor in why the United States charts in an entirely different way than most civilized countries have, um, that, have that have treated it seriously. So uh, no surprise that that trying to score political points Uh, Out of the same office or other offices, yeah, no surprise.
0: Yeah, he's he's weighed in today too. Wants college football to happen, and um, yeah, as does as does Ben Sass, the senator from um, Republican senator from Nebraska. Look, I I, I totally get um, the idea of wanting to play college football and and it being supported by people with influence like a politician. I don't think it's—I don't think he's currying favor by supporting it. A you know a, a senator from Nebraska or from the Deep South, um, but but here we are. Um, maybe it, maybe a day or two from all of it shutting down, and it will have been an epic fail, really, when you think about it. If there's no college football in 2020, or at least the fall of 2020, what a, what an epic fail this will have been because this isn't like mid-March when we didn't know much about it and um, and we didn't you know we we were just uncertain where it was going what the path was we've known for five months now which you know the the path of this and where it's been and um, it will it'll just be a Terrible shame, and and what of these? You know, what of these? College, these high school, the, the co- let's start with the college college football players, like the Trevor Lawrence's. He's going to be okay. You know, he he's going to be the overall number one draft pick, and that the, the, whenever the next draft is. But a lot of prospects out there are not going to be able to put their game on tape. Um, this season. Yeah, it, it
1: seems like college football's plan, if you can call it that, was just sort of that the the virus would burn off in the heat of the summer, and that the you know the case numbers would be. Lower in the fall, and they'd have a better pathway. And again, that's just that's what happens when there's nobody to make a decision, because um, it, it it's going to be if this is the way it goes, and you know all these conferences are canceling, and you know it's either the SEC playing by itself um, or the SEC not playing at all, um, or at least until the spring, it's going to be it, it's going to be pretty damn noticeable that again MLS, NBA, NHL, mm-hmm. NFL major league baseball that, that all these other leagues WNBA, um nwsl that all these other leagues are playing and, and able to manage and college football can't even get off the ground
2: you know this may fit in more into the category of what we were saying about the political part being injected into this but it seems related to this too that i i, I think i can safely say that the three of us uh, are quite representative of our profession that is uh Absolutely, wishing things were different, um, but trying to convey the reality and truth of the situation, and and uh, um, somehow that's been appropriated or mistaken in certain circles for uh, uh, rooting for these sports not to go on, and and I I feel like that's been kind of attached to the political element of this too, as if people whose very livelihood. Um, depends on this uh, would, would would not want it to work out. But I think that's, again, part of the problem in this country is that people are just wishing things away instead of accepting the reality. And I think if you accepted the reality, we'd be in a lot different spot today than, than we are because we haven't accepted the reality. Yeah, that's been
1: incredibly obnoxious. Like the, the inability for some people to see the difference between uh, a reporter quoting and talking to decision makers who have, you know, some pessimism about football happening, the difference between that and that journalist wanting football to not happen. There's also a huge difference between a journalist saying, or anybody saying, um, gosh, doesn't look like we should have college football. There's a huge difference between that and saying, God, I hope we don't have college football. You know what I mean? Like, the analogy that keeps coming to my head is that, you know, in normal times, if, if my kids are sick, and we hold them back from school, it doesn't mean I hate school, it doesn't mean I hate my kids, it doesn't mean I don't want my kids to be in school, it just means, like, that's the decision that needs to be made right now. Uh, it, it, I, I wish that, that that was more apparent, I guess, to some people.
2: That seems like such a simple and perfect way to put it. I mean, it, it, that, that would resonate with anybody, anybody reasonable. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Reasonable. All, right. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this thing up let me let me let's go out by Sam. I wanted to ask you one final question i I couldn't tell during our conversation now, do you think that college football lacks leadership or <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm just I'm just following the clues here. <laughs> well, look though, there is an interesting sub point to this, right like whether out of uh, what's that expression out of out of chaos comes something what comes out of chaos order where out of chaos comes order um, we are about you know, to be the most ordered country <laughs> in the <freaking laughs> history of the planet but it does make you wonder if, if if college sports college football particularly as we talk about this is going to be reframed it's been a a notion of things changing anyway right the inevitable power five pull away whatever you want to Think about whether this is going to force that to be more, I don't know what, more definable, more under one umbrella, more maybe there's going to be a players union. I don't know. All these things. All these things. All I be. wonder, what if they switch to the spring and then that's
1: permanent? <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Like you, you'd have NFL in the fall and they obviously play on Saturdays and then college football in the spring. I don't you know, you
2: referred, you, you referred to spring in Ann Arbor before, and I think that's called winter. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I just think about things like that. I, can you imagine February and March? I mean, isn't that what we're talking about, February and March yeah,
0: games? Yeah, probably late, late February, or early March, and, and trampling all over the basketball tournament. Something would have to be done with basketball, of course.
2: Yeah, mm. and it's still, I've still never heard anybody convincingly tell me about how how you just go from that into the regular 2021 football schedule, too, right? I mean, I get that they're young and resilient, but I don't
0: know. NFL on Saturdays (laughs) may be coming at you. (laughs)
1: That's
2: true. All
0: right, guys. Hey, good conversation. We'll talk to you again soon.
2: Okay. Thanks, All right, guys. Thanks.
0: That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welch, Jeff Rosen, Savannah Smith, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Sam Mellinger and Bahe Gregorian for hanging out and talking college football. Links to their columns and other stories about the day's events can be found on KansasCity.com and in the show notes. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's more than 40 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC, Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.